whether we're talking about demolition or the prospects and fortunes of our respective football teams. Mike Keogh at CND Consultancy is always one of my favourite people to talk to. I've always known that Mike is far smarter than me, but having just secured his master's degree in demolition management, he also has a piece of paper to prove it. I caught up with Mike to talk about his degree, the culmination of three years' hard work and dedication, but, as ever, our conversation strayed to taking technology, the fourth industrial revolution, the gender imbalance in the demolition industry, accident reporting, and a whole lot more. And we start with how Mike came to be in the demolition industry in the first place. Um, well, um, a lot of people know that third-generation demolition man. Uh, grandfather <coughs> started 1912 um, doing demolition and then um, went into the First World War, um, got injured, and then came back out of the out of that time. Um, started a small demolition company, um, strip outs and whatever, and then obviously worked through the Second World War doing the demolition around Liverpool. Uh, sorry, father come out of um, the army in '47, and then he started for a demolition company in London in '47, and has then stayed in the industry all his life. And then I think from an early age, for me, it was a case of. Um, I was always going to go in the demolition, demolition industry, really. Um, worked hard with my father as a, as a young lad and, and sort of went into it. Left school on the Friday and and was working on the site Saturday morning. So um, I was sort of known throughout that I was always going to go in the demolition industry. Now, despite the fact that you've got 35 years' experience under your belt, you still seem uncomfortable describing yourself as a demolition expert. In fact, you, you claim that you're still learning. Uh, I learn every day. Um, one of the one of the great things about um, when I went, first started to work with John Woodward in, in 2012 is that I started to go around obviously all different demolition companies and I still and I learned a lot of new techniques and still learning every day. And what worries me in the, in the industry is when people say that they're, they're the experts and they know everything about demolition. Well, I mean, I've been at it 35 years and I like to think I'm, I know a little bit about demolition and asbestos, but it, I learn every single day. Every building is different. And, an analogy that my father taught me once when we was working on there is think about a Friday afternoon scenario. You're on a demolition site. You're taking down a, a, a concrete floor or structure. How do you know what was put in that Friday afternoon the builders put it in? Did they take an early dart? Did they go home? Did they forget to put the steel work in? Every day and every structure is different. And I, I, when I first started demolition, we used to do a lot of houses, um, an awful lot around Liverpool and Knowsley and Birkenhead. And the thing that surprised me is all the same, they look all look the same, same structure, same build, same construction company built them, but they all reacted differently under demolition. So that has taught me a lesson never to underestimate a demolition job. And some people say that I'm a little bit risk adverse sometimes when I give advice. That's because I've seen buildings react completely different, whether it be a house, a concrete structure, as you know, that I like to get involved in concrete structures. And... Um, or steelwork, you never quite know how they're going to react. So my, my philosophy and my take on demolition is never underestimate a building. And am I an expert? I know a, I know a lot about demolition, but I don't know everything about it. And I don't know about every single building. And thankfully, the industry is full of people who know an awful lot about demolition. So I learn every single day and I take every opportunity to learn a new technique or look at it different and think, actually, yeah, that works for the, for the better of it. My parents taught me that it's rude to ask a person's age, so I won't go there. But you've clearly been in the demolition industry for a long time, so why pursue a demolition degree now? <laughs> well, firstly, I'm 53 next week, so that, that's no problem asking me my age. Um, 
Um, well, obviously, I left school um, with just some O-levels. And then my father, after a couple of years, said, right, you need to go back to, to college. So I went back and did my A-levels at night school, which was difficult working all day. And then he told me to go and do, I went down the old, people remember the old HNC, HND route at Liverpool John Moores University. And then finally did my, finished off my construction degree there. So I thought that was the end of it. And then obviously um, I've carried on doing MVQs because I, I mean, obviously did the um, NDT team demolition managers course. So I did my MVQ level six and I've done, done le- and then subsequently done a level seven. I've done health and safety knee Bosch courses. So I've always been learning. And then the, I've looked at it to doing another degree somewhere. And there was there's university in South Africa that was doing a, a structural demolition course. Obviously there's one demolition course in America. But they weren't doing it distance learning. So when the ID come up with this one there, I thought, you know, what a fantastic opportunity to to, to, to learn some new new techniques, uh, meet some new people. Um, obviously, John Woodward from C&D was, was heavily involved with it, you know, and then obviously I'm heavily involved with the ID and enjoyed going to the ID conferences. So I thought, you know, what an opportunity to take it. Um, I didn't realise how hard it was going to be or how tough it was going to be or how, how hard it was going to push me. But I'm 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 glad I've, I've done it, and I'm so well, I'm proud of myself that I've actually stuck through three years to do it. You've mentioned that the degree was a, a lot of hard work, and I'm sure it was. How did you actually reconcile that with the fact that you're running a very very busy and very successful demolition consultancy? Well, I was thinking about the, obviously the interview that we're having today, and I thought to myself, what was the hardest part of this? So if if you were doing a paragraph, which which people think, oh, we write paragraphs or we write meta statements. When you write a paragraph for a, for a dissertation or uh, an assignment, you have to do like something called Harvard referencing. So you have to reference where the, where you found it from. So say, for instance, I've, I've researched some, something for yourself. I'd put the put, you know, Mark Anthony, uh, circa, whenever you wrote the article, I'd have to put that in and I'd have to reference it at the back of it. So to write a, a paragraph would take you a, maybe a day throughout the day. So I was getting up at things like Saturday mornings, doing a couple of hours of Saturday morning, Certainly every Sunday I was doing a couple of hours, trying to fit a little bit of time in at work and then doing it for that way. I mean, it took me, I would say, a good six to nine months to do the dissertation. Um, that was really difficult. And then the assignments were quite difficult to do. Then I'm working full time. And then, you know, I've got a business to run. Um, we've gone through Brexit, obviously the, the pandemic that we're in at the minute. So it was, it was <laughs> I'm off, I'm not sure. It was, it was a challenge to, to fit the time in, but... You know, I'm glad, I'm glad I did it and I'm glad I've achieved what I've achieved. Now, the subject of your dissertation was the Fourth Industrial Revolution. How do you define that? Well, the Fourth Industrial Revolution is, is where we are today and, and, and it's never been sort so, so of vital where we are today. So, I mean, the question being one of the things is, is um, it's all about technology, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, and especially I've, I've put it in, in relation to demolition. So, uh, thankfully, we've all got mobile phones. So, we've all been able to communicate today. We're doing a Zoom meeting today, so this this is so we're now doing communications between it. We're now looking at things like exoskeletal suits. Um, what's going to happen in the future? And one of the one of the major things that what was was a surprise to me that's come out of my research, which of course is very little research on demolition, is is the gender gap. I.e., you know, we, there's very many there's very few females within the industry and we've got some great ones obviously we've got holly price who's going to be the president of the, of the nfdc which is fantastic but you know our, our our sort of um gender sort of percentage 
within the industry is, is, is very low. So the future being what's the fourth and then moving into the fifth industrial revolution where we'll be using um, robotic machines. There will be a time in the industry where people will sit and operate excavators from an office. And you don't have to be the old, as we used to call it there, the old roughly softy demolition guy to do it. It can be anybody. So the skills now of the Xbox um, community, you know, young people who have been brought up using Xbox and skills like that, they're going to be the, the future. I know this sounds strange, but they will be the future of the demolition industry in years to come. They will be the ones who will be able to operate machinery remote remotely. So I've looked about that. Um, I looked into the, I had a lot of help from um, General Motors of some of their new factories of how they set up their factories using uh, electronics and here's how they use robotics and how the robotics will come into the industry. And something really funny and struck me in the research market, you know, when did when did the Brock come into the industry? You know, we a lot of people in my research said, oh, new 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 technologies technologies such as the Brock. Well, the Brock's been with us for 30 years. You know, people were saying about a high reach, high reach being a new technology. It's been with us 30 odd years as well. So, you know, a lot of the research that I did is moving forward about what we're looking for to go up in the future. And, and a lot of the, unfortunately, a lot of the research that's happened in the past is, is where the industry is today and where, and where it's been. So the fourth and fifth industrial revolutions that I'm looking at now, or looked at, is where, what will take the industry to the next level. And obviously safety, um, how we're going to do that safety, and how we're going to remove the human um, elements that's in danger away from demolition. Now, even though the ink is barely dry on your graduation certificate, you're already looking ahead, and in more ways than one. I understand you're considering undertaking a PhD in the future of the demolition industry. Um, well, yeah, you, you talk about that. I mean, I've, I've sort of took a, a, a step. Unfortunately, the, the business here, I've got some good people around me. You know, a lot of people know I've got Matthew working here. We've got a couple of other engineers working with us now. I'm, I'm taking some good office staff on. That's really helped me. So I'm, I'm going to move on and do my PhD. Um, Quite simply, Mark, the, the research isn't there. Um, if you Google a demolition um, on there, there's a million um, uh, findings come up on Google, but they're generally on uh, recycled waste or waste or, or, or waste recycling. There's nothing really on the movements of, of the industry. Now, the great thing about having the master's degree with the idea is that we've got sort of 20 odd people has now done different research technology. So there's, we've got some new and updated research from in there. I mean, I think one or two of the guys did those on fatalities, one that did them on, on waste, and a few other people did those on a few different subjects. So I've basically got to go and find that information. So um, over the over the course of the next three to four years, uh, I've got some meetings um, over with in America, um, looking at the, at the Indians and the, and, and the subcontinent uh, demolition. And I'm going to look at the Australian markets as well, how it, how it all differs. But I'm looking to find out what's the next, and I'm looking at what's the next X factor. I don't know what it is at the minute, but I'm looking for it. What's the next thing that will come out of it? When the Brocks came into it, they said it was a game changer. When the High Reaches came into it, it's again, another game changer for the industry. So what's the next game changer? That's what I'm looking for. And one of the things I did find in the research, which um, you'll probably not thank me for because you do a lot with um, plant hires and plant companies, is that a lot of the stuff that we have in the demolition is led by the... Um, the manufacturers so they're they're basically leading the the demolition industry what i'm looking to do or try and do in the future is to get the industry to lead the manufacturers i.e what do we need in the industry to make it safer and better for us i mean shears and, and pulverizers um 
Selector Grab's fantastic. Selector Grab's a great piece of kit. Shears we can't do without. But what's the next thing? What do we as a demolition industry need now to take it forward? Is it different types of machines? Is it is it more remote control? Is it more robotics? What 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 can we bring to the industry to, that makes it uh, better? And that's what I think I'm. My, hopefully, my legacy is in obviously as, as I'm 53 now, moving another 10, 15 years in the industry. When I leave the industry, hopefully, this research will help people to think about what do they need. So, my research will be soon is what do you as a demolition operative, a demolition manager, a demolition owner, what do you want? or need in the next part of the, of the industry. And that's hopefully what my research will bring to the table. There's a famous case of Arthur C. Clarke coming up with the idea of a space station in a work of fiction. And then scientists, many years later, actually following that as a, as a lead. There is every possibility with your research and your dissertations that you could actually be shaping the demolition industry way into the future. Well, well, think about that. It's a great point. And, and think about the two points that, uh, unusual two points that I put in my research was, if anyone remembers the film I, Robot with Will Smith, where uh, he sets, there's, there's a demolition sequence in there where the demolition robot is set up for the morning. Eight o'clock, it goes off and then it, it knocks the house down. No men, no operatives. And it's all done by robotics. You know, futuristic film, you know, set in the 80s. We still haven't got to that future now. You look at other research he did in uh, the Aliens films with Sigourney Weaver when she was on the robotic um, load all, where she was doing it for that. All that technology wasn't available in the 80s, but is now is available today. So the future is out there and there's some big thinkers out there. We just need people to think about what we need as an industry moving forward, i.e. what do we need? Do we need uh, suits that will help us lift things? Do we need a ways to, to strip a building? Is there other machines, you know, blocks are getting smaller and better. What else is going to come into the industry to, to help us do the work that, that you know, obviously... Unfortunately, people get hurt or there's a fatality. How can we how can we do away with, with that situation? And that's what my research will look at from in there. So there is some research out there, but very, very little. And I'm hoping that the people watching this or the worldwide demolition industry as a whole will help me to come up with sort of um, things that we need as, as, a, as an industry to make it safer. Because that's the ultimate aim of, of all research, I think, and my research is, is to ultimately make the demolition industry better safer and everyone who goes to work in the morning goes home is one of the reasons that research and development largely passes demolition by the fact that as an industry we are a bit of a niche yeah we, we are and 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 to some extent that that that's that's a positive and it can also be a negative where the positive should be is that we as an industry should be able to get our, be able to get our thoughts together to, to say in um, i mean one the, the the thesis that i'm doing in in the phd is going to be the global demolition industry so as a global demolition industry we should be able to put pressure onto manufacturers and say look this is what we think we will need in the future you know let's make it cost effective we know there's a big industry out there it you know we're, we're very heavily reliant on on plants and machinery let's devise let's devise something to make it safer for people um you know and that's the industry to the negative of that yes is we are small but we've got a good voice and I think that a lot of the people in the industry have got good and strong opinions. So we should be able to devise things to make things safer for them in that way. And the industry will, will, will you know, the global industry is, is a large industry. You know, it's a multi-billion pound industry. So we should be able to force change on the manufacturers in a safe way. And that's what I'm hoping will come out of my research. Now, sadly, not all demolition markets are created equal. 
Um, I, I think here in the UK, in Europe, Scandinavia, the US, Australia, we work to a very, very high standard, but there are sadly still parts of the world that are not, what, not working to those sort of levels. How do we go about bringing everybody up to the same high level? Well, um, I would certainly agree with that. I mean, I'm originally working, um, started my career in Liverpool in the Northwest, and then um, I've been in London since about 2007. Um, I think what I would say for that market is if you can work in London and the major cities in the UK, you can pretty much work anywhere in the world. It's 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 it's, it's that stringent, especially going into London. Some of the the stringent regulations you have to work with is is amazing. And and I would say that the industry as a whole in the UK has certainly led the world. You know, with training and the the ability of the plant and machinery. Certainly, some of the operatives I witness on a day-to-day -day basis are absolutely superb in the UK. You know, I'd say that some of the machine drivers have got amazing skills. So, I think what we have to do in the worldwide one is is learn a little bit from the UK industry. Yeah, with the, the things happen that when no one can do everything 100% right every time. But I would say on the whole is that the UK industry is is a very very strong safety-led and um, professional outfit that, that that can can deliver. Um, a standard for worldwide demolition. Um, I certainly I, I look at some of the techniques I watch around the world. Certainly on on your website and other ones that I look at for the demolition is, uh, and I cringe a little bit when when I see it. So I think if you know if they can follow suit in the UK um, and we can keep our standards up up and going, it's because we have no control over other industries uh, globally. I think you know if we keep our standard better. Go and I think you know we can be the light, the, the sort of shining light of, of the world demolition industry. Now, personally, I believe we're at a crossroads. We've just seen uh, the likes of Safe Dem, a company from Dundee, going and working very successfully in Abu Dhabi. They were doing that hands-on. We now have the technology that would allow us to export and transfer our skills from here in the UK or other more developed parts of the world overseas. That's got to be the future, hasn't it? Again, part of my research in, in, into the master's degree uh, was that, and I'm moving forward, part of the research is that um, I've recently been involved with, with a, a Japanese company who operated a excavator in America. And, you know, it was done um, on a virtual, um, and we're talking about artificial intelligence, we're talking about virtual reality, and how, how the operation, operation goes, it doesn't have to be in, in the same country. It can be done um, any time for through. So just give me an example. If there's a pandemic in, say, 50 years' time, which uh, the way the world is going to change, I think there may be, we can still operate machines from any, any, anywhere in the world at any time, and that's what will happen going forward. The, the technology is here. It's not being utilised, um, but it will, it will become part of the norm. Now, I've recently been involved with a demolition company um, overseas, who has a um, has got a high reach that has the technology to do the high reach remote control? Okay, the operative is 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 still on site, but he's not in any imminent danger. It's also being camera led, so he's got a drone working with him at the same time, working from there. So he's got three hundred and sixty degree um, sight of of his of his demolition. So that's happening today. So technology will move forward again over the next five, ten, fifteen years to the point where that high reach could be operated from somewhere in the world. And the other thing, what Mark, we think about is the, in the future of the industry is that machine could be operated for 24 hours in a day. So we could have three shifts from three different people in three different time zones operating that machine. And I think that's, a, and the other thing is gender change. 
that machine doesn't have to be operated by a man. It can be operated by um, a suitably qualified female operative. And that's what will happen. I think that's what will happen in the, in the industry moving forward is that the operatives will be um, moving forward. You look at the US military, they have female um, pilots and drone operators. So the industry must change and I think has to change going forward to accommodate new technology and a, a, a gender culture change. Now, I find it interesting that you're still talking about the future of demolition in terms of man and woman power. And yet the likes of Balfour Beatty are predicting that by maybe 2050, some sites will be completely human free. How do you see that? Um, um, I sort of pause a little bit with that one. Is is I think an awful lot of, of um, work will be go will go sort of to you know artificial intelligence. Will go to sort of robotics. Will go to um, sites with less human interface in danger. The only thing I would say with demolition is that's still quite a complicated, technically challenging industry where the the sort of interface of of, of the sort of human is will still be needed. Um, I think robotics will will make a vast difference to it. Um, I don't think we'll be in 50 years. I don't think we'll be will be human free. I think what will be will will be human and machine led uh, in a different way. But I don't think we'll be will will be quite uh, human free. Um, I mean, great if if we can avoid a human from the sort of you know the danger areas on a, on a demolition and construction site. Yeah, but I, I still think we'll we'll have that human element. Is one of the biggest obstacles facing demolition of the future the way that we're actually building today? And are current construction companies taking into consideration the, the needs and, and the capabilities of future demolition? Okay, well, the answer to that is no. I, I, you know, a lot of people will, will scare questions. To me, that answer is no. Categorically, no. I, I have not been on a construction site, um, and I get involved with a lot of... Because we work for a lot of construction companies and, and developers who have developed a building for demolition or very few. You look at you look at a Volkswagen. Volkswagens have 70% of it if its car can be recycled and the rest of it can go to scrap. So so you know the car industry, the automotive industry are all thinking about how to recycle their ones. Um, we, well, I'm trying to think of one. I can't think of one what's been designed with the design elements. You know, you look into to sort of, you know, the BIM and you, and you go through BIM and then into, into Dreamworld, you know, design of demolition moving forward. They're, they're not, they're, they're clearly not doing it. And the reason why they're not doing it, Mark, is purely financial. I mean, to, to design a building for demolition and to be 100% recyclable and to do it from that way has a huge amount of cost. And and the developers at this stage, unless it's led by the government to say, you know, this, this building must be sustainable, must be able to be demolished, you know, Sustainability-wise, um, uh, reuse all the all the process, the steel, um, timber. Unless it's unless it's unless it's done that way, it, it, I, I can't see it happening in the short term. In some ways, that just runs counter to current thinking. If you think about a house built during the Victorian era, it was almost entirely recyclable, and yet here we are in an enlightened, more environmentally aware age, and we're building houses and, and tower blocks and that kind of thing that will be virtually impossible or extremely difficult to recycle in the future well so, some of the you know fantastic um upgrades we have now in sustainability of you know insulated walls and insulated flooring and such things that was put in through the 80s and 90s and even through into t 
today are really, really hard and, and difficult to recycle for a demolition guy. You know, for a demolition company, you know, they've got all the insulation has to come out, has to be removed by hand. So it's going to make the, the demolition, you know, extremely more expensive, more more time consuming. And as you as you know, I'm not a, a demolition contractor anymore. I used to be. <coughs> you ask any damage contractor now is that the clients don't want to pay for you to hand demolish the building and, and, and remove everything. They just want it down as quick as they can, remove it, get off site, and the cheapest price wins. And that's and that's a wrong scenario to think about. What we need to think about is yes, we can make houses sustainable, but there's a cost element to do it from, from that way. Um and that's the problem that we have. And the clients and the and the owners of buildings must must understand to make sure that it becomes sustainable, it, there's a cost element in it. And when you think about manual demolition of any kind, that's effectively putting man and woman back potentially in harm's way, isn't it? A hundred percent. So, um, so part of, of, of as a sort of BIM, as you know, going through the sort of later stages and the, and the number process of BIM is, is you know, putting the demolition champion involved in it. You know, how to how to do it. Um, I don't know how our other demolition consultancies and our um, people who work in, in that sort of uh, sector um, come across it, but I've yet to be asked um, to to review a building under construction that would be able to be to be demolished. Now, maybe you know other ones have been. Um, we get involved with a lot of house builders and I've, and developers, and I've still not been asked. You know, can you put a scheme together? From if I mean William Sinclair once gave a, a, a famous comment to a, a building going up was you know would you put drill holes in it before it goes up so if it has to be blown in fifty years time we don't have to drill the building and the answer was no no we're not we're not prepared to do that you know we're putting the building up it is what it is take it down when it needs to come down so to my point of view anything going up today should have a section of the O and M manuals of how to demolish it so someone like ourselves. You know, or any other demolition consultancies or any sort of, you know, uh, third party with interest of the demolition should be able to think, well, there it is. There's your package. It has to be demolished. This is how it can be demolished. But unfortunately, that, that's not occurring. And, that, and that's something I will also look at in my in my research is how can we change the mindset of the construction and developers to think about how to build and can be demolished in, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the line, and even 100 years down the line, how can it be demolished safely and how to, can, can be reused safely as well? When you look at what's happening in the powered access industry, where IPAF is running a central database of near misses and accidents, and that, that information is actually being used to drive and to inform training, they've already set the precedent. We just need to follow that lead now, don't we? So, so um, I've had a, you know, my my, my um, thoughts have been quite known within this day, and, and sometimes I get shouted down, and um, I'm old enough and ugly enough not to not to worry about them anymore. But you know, when was the last time we had a training course on uh, car parks? When was the last time there was a training course on taking down a, a high-rise tower block, whether it be um, top-down? I mean, you know, a lot of the if you look on some of the industry now, you know, you've got Keith Plenty taking down some of these. Um, really really high tower blocks doing a fantastic job you know i know keith and i know danny works and do a great job of doing that you know where's the training course where we, we bring these guys in and we talk about them i mean my specialty i like to think is car parks you know i get asked a lot of time around the world in the uk to talk about car park demolition i'm more than happy to do an afternoon seminar you know obviously once all this is over where i'll talk about car parks 
don't want any money for it. I'm just happy to sit there and, and some put a venue together and, and we'll we'll talk about car parks. You know, we have got the we have got the skills, Mark. The the the, the skills in this industry is second to none, as far as I'm concerned. We need to have these training courses where we do specifics. You know, not all the time. Once a year, go on a training course run by the IBE or someone else or NFDC <coughs> on car parks, taking down high rise buildings. You know, Richard Dolman might do one on, you know, near misses what he's found on his, this one this week, you know, voids in the ground. Fantastic. So we all learn about these courses, but there doesn't seem to be any, anyone, there seems to be a standard course going through, which is which is needed to get a standard skill. But where's the next level of of, of course, you know, that's the things that, that disappoint me a little bit about the industry is, is where's that next course coming from? You know, a specific one about taking down a tower block. You know, there could be could we could have a we could have a presentation day from I don't know Brown and Mason Calbright Edith on taking down some of the power stations that they've done. I know Edith have done lots of nuclear ones. You know, Brown and Mason. You know, the leaders in taking down um, coal-fired um, power stations. You know, afternoon seminar. What's happened? How they do it? So if anyone goes into that industry, they've got a knowledge of it. Let's share. Our, our knowledge. I mean, as I say, I'm, I'm in the sort of twilight of my of my damn mission now, and I'm trying to share as much knowledge with as many people as I can as I, as I go forward. Why as an industry do we not share it? And you know, thanks to Richard Dolman and um, for sharing his information. And we should we should we should not think of it as a negative. In fact, we should think of it as a positive to sharing anything that goes on from in there. My final question, Mike. Imagine an 18-year-old comes to you and says that he or she is planning to start a demolition company for the future. Having had a look at that future personally, do you think they should be concentrating on electric machines or hydrogen-powered machines, virtual reality, artificial intelligence, robotics? What should their focus be? For, a, for an 18-year-old, um, by the time his career finishes, he would have, he would have used all of those um, techniques you've just talked about from in there. What I'd say for an 18-year-old now is is, is to um, learn his industry, um, embrace technology. The companies that have embraced, embraced technology and have bought well, high reaches and props in the days come, have certainly prospered. And you look at Denmaster. I mean, I've got a photograph behind me there of, of Denmaster's machine. You know, fantastic company, uh, invested heavily into, into high reaches. DSM is the same, you know, probably the one of the tallest ones in the UK, PP O'Connor, all these companies in the UK have invested heavily into, into new and latest technology. That's what I would that's what I would suggest the 18-year-old comes industry is to learn his field, learn his craft, invest into new technology that comes through, you know, quick itch and all these things there are fantastic things now that's that stops people getting injured from, from inside. And to look forward to where we're gonna go. So the use of say um, further robotics within industry, they're coming. And I know they're coming because I've started to see them um, from seminars. Robotics, learn how to use a machine on, on robotics. Be computer driven, not in a, in, a, in, a, in a bad way, in a good way. You know, make sure the, the paperwork can be driven on a tablet. Make sure the paperwork's there so everyone can, can do it and, and train the men and ultimately um, learn the craft. I think that's that's the important thing. Learn it and, and let, the, let the computer technology be a great asset to, to a company and, and let the two of them drive together.